Where is Ukraine? <laughs> You're here. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Policy affects change at the cross section yeah. of political power. Fire and fury, folks. Chaos. It's gonna be a fun day. Welcome back to Buckle Up, baby. Episode 19. 19. Did the chair just fart or you just moved it in a weird way? I think it was I was drumming. Oh. Episode 19. Um live from Kiev. Us and most people are so ill-informed. So ill-informed. Like you have to be uh yeah. you have to be somebody who actually reads the stuff and yeah. follows international relations to know yeah. anything about yeah. the subject of Russia, China. China. I, I go to the Ukraine once a year, and I'm still pretty uh, ill-informed. Because that's like a Jewish angle. In other words, in our when it comes to world affairs, mm-hmm. it's like Israel, uh, like Israel Palestine. That conversation is something we're at least experienced in having. Whether we yeah. know all the facts on the ground, yeah. we have family in these parts of the world, and we have this conversation all yeah. the time. Once somebody says, you know, the thing with Russia and China, we start going, yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but all I can, the only way we can speak about the subject is from a pure ignorant stance of yeah. just what I've observed. The information I've observed yeah. is that, is that. Um, well, hold on, just quick. We're recording this on Thursday, mm-hmm. February 23rd. The war broke out. Russia invaded last night. Right. So I don't, by the time you hear this, it might be different, but that's where we're at right now. Yeah, so yeah. what? You think it could get a lot worse and then we sound real callous and disgusting. Yeah, like if New York doesn't exist in a week. Right, right, right. Like, no, God forbid. Kids. But I hear, you know, so what's interesting is I just have these recollections when it comes to this these headlines mm-hmm. of a couple of things that are interesting. One, Romney was laughed at in his debate when they asked him in 2012, who do you think is our most formidable and dangerous geopolitical foe? And uh-huh. he said Russia. And everyone laughed at him. Yeah. So the poor guy was just really a product of bad timing in terms of some of his, I guess, his ideas. Because at the time, that was like a laughable thing. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then since then, like two years later, four years later, Russia invades Crimea during Obama's presidency. Whatever uh-huh. the hell Crimea is. I thought it was like a flavor of donut. Um, <laughs> Crimea flavor is delicious. Yeah. Um, it's like a fall, It's a seasonal flavor. It's Crimea River. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was the theme when it happened. Um, Crimea River. Oh, that's terrible. We are just, I really hope it gets, it's going to get worse there. And it's it's going to as we make all these jokes at their expense. But we're just trying to console ourselves because things feel very weird. What else are you going to do? No, nothing. You don't understand it. (laughs) Um, But that happened on Obama's watch. Yeah. And then I was having a conversation with friends where, you know, I never like to be that guy that just tries to make these random correlations. Or maybe I like to be that guy, but I know mm-hmm. I'm being that guy. Where it's like, well, you know, during Trump's time, you can't say during Trump. and didn't try, But you can't help but observe, just observably, uh-huh. Obama, Trump, Biden. Yeah. And in Obama, you have these, I think, forms of leadership where there's a psychological element to it. Mm-hmm. Where whether or not the policies are going to be different, yeah. it's what, what kind of image do you project that deters adversaries. Right. And I feel like in Obama's case, where he's the leading from behind and apology tour and that whole thing that America's flawed and we need to do better. We need to do better and gather the world yeah. together and appealing to the UN and doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that results in one way of leaders on the international states behaving, adversaries in the United States yeah. behaving, testing and pushing. And I think that did happen a few times on Obama's watch. I think Syria, remember that red line story where they right, bombed, they yeah. used chemical weapons and he drew a red line but never did anything about it. And Yemen and all this international, uh, you know, chaos yeah. and Crimea 
And then Trump, I don't know policy-wise what the differences were technically, but yeah. ain't nothing to fuck with. You kind of, he, he say what you want about him. He did project this idea yeah. of, don't fuck with me. Yeah. Fire and fury, folks. And these leaders, whether it's because he's unpredictable yeah. or whether they know that he would be actually put his money where his mouth is when it came to doing things that were politically unpopular. Yeah. I think that is really the difference, that Trump is sort of, I don't give a shit about the polls, folks. I don't care about the polls. Tim Dillon had a really funny take on the Patreon episode mm -hmm. where he played this clip where he's, he's like, this is the best take I've heard on all of the Ukraine-Russia thing. Mm -hmm. And it was two morons talking about ukraine russia and one of them's like where is ukraine and the other one's like i have no idea and one of them's like he was playing both characters no no it, it was a clip of an actual podcast oh. and he's, he's like he's like i like to listen to these things to like relax sometimes mm -hmm. and the other person's like wait russia's not a continent and and it, it was that was it serious or was that no 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 they were totally serious mm -hmm. and, then, and then he was like he was like i love listening to this thing because he's like the future of hot takes is having no take He's like, I'm telling you, in 10 years, um, the most popular comedian is just going to have the take of an infant baby. They're just going to sit there and not know anything. He's like, it's been so cool to know everything about everything. The future is knowing nothing about anything. He's like, that's what people want now. Just know nothing. And he had a funny point where he's like, he's like, you can go onto CNN and pretend you know something about Ukraine, Russia, mm -hmm. or you can just... Or you can just be on your podcast and pretend to know and, and pretend to know nothing. But like, there's no difference between between the guy who's pretending to know something and the guy who's not pretending to know anything. Like, you're you're getting the same amount of like sort of credible information. It's just it's, as useful. In it's, other it's words, it's just as useful. They're both making, useless. He's making the point that it's always been that way. Right, right, right. We're ju we're just gonna start. You could you could watch uh, Chris Wallace and these guys, and then just spit it back to your friends, right. or you could say, "Let's be honest, we all don't know anything. We know nothing." So I'm full full disclosure. We know among between each other. Yeah, no, we, we know nothing. I don't know what NATO, but is. I can only go by what my faculties allow me to process. Right, and I watch these things happen, and you're just like, you know. You get to this point where you take for granted this normalism of, oh, I guess the world is just this stable place since World War II, and things yeah. don't kind of happen, and then all of a sudden you're like. Why are you doing this, Vladdy? <laughs> I know, so Vladdy, stop! Vladdy, that's so mean. But then I started reading a tiny bit, and yeah. I mean a very tiny bit, mm -hmm. like a few sentences. And I'm like, okay, I got it. Yeah. So I started reading about <laughs> people who seemingly understand what's going on, in that there is always been this cultural or you know political drive in Russia to restore it to greatness. That Vladimir Putin. I saw some sort of expose on him that I found interesting because mm -hmm. he's this fascinating guy, right? Because he's definitely evil. But, like, we don't... But I believe it was Biden, maybe, yeah. who said he looked into his eyes and... No, that was McCain. McCain, what did he say about him? He's like, I shot in his eyes and I shot KGB or something like that. No, no, I, I think he said, um, I, I, that man has no soul. Yeah, I saw it in his something. eyes. Well, so he, yeah. from what I understand, was, was KGB way back when and as a young KGB guy yeah. saw the fall of the Soviet Union. So I'm picturing this whole cinematic thing where he's like... It like all gets stripped, like stripped away from him. This Soviet greatness concept, uh -huh. and he took he's taken it upon himself over the years politically to restore Russia to its once superpower status. And there is this idea that Russia has been humiliated perpetually over the years by the other world powers, the NATO alliance, and things mm -hmm. like that. Where I think it's about like stationing troops around Russia, and it's been this constant. Right. So to Russian people, they're like it must. 
I don't know because he has a lot of dictatorial power in some yeah. ways. So you don't know like how the regular Russian person feels about you this. You really don't. But I, somebody forwarded me something from another guy who has this opinion like, yes, finally doing what needs to be done. In terms of taking back what's rightfully Russian. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys don't understand. Like, there's a lot of people in Ukraine who support this. They want to be part right, of Russia. Right, right. But there is this cultural and political desire to restore Russia to its you, superpower status. And this is what he's always wanted to do. Do, do you think that's something Russian pride and greatness is something Putin cares about? Or that's a tool he uses to just, um, to just sort of uh, gather more power for himself? I do, mean, I think... Human beings generally are ideologically motivated. But he's in a, a lot sociopath, of though. He's not. He's not know. a normal human being. So I don't know if he's a sociopath in that sense. I, think he ha- I mean, he like sociopath. I mean, I'm not do, saying do not think, evil. Do you think he has normal feelings. I do actually. Yeah, I think. I, I think, think a person so. who's ideologically motivated and yeah. really believes it is much more dangerous than someone who's just like, I just want power and I'll do whatever I can to get it. Like I do think there is like a deep seated drive yeah. from what I'm seeing. Like, otherwise, I don't know. It. I don't know. <laughs> Neither of us know anything about What? Neither of us know anything about We don't Putin. know anything about it, but why else? Just about from a Putin. human being? Yeah. yeah, about Putin. I don't know, but, like, everybody's shaped. I think everybody has an ideology whether they really realize it or not. Mm-hmm. And for just pure, <laughs> like, to not give a shit about Russia, I mean, clearly, it seems like he really does care. I know, I know it seems that way. The, the same way, like, Hitler seemed to care about Aryan greatness. I, I wonder if that's just like a useful tool they use to I also, uh, yeah, consolidate yeah. power. I, now, I'm the actually, truth is we, we like to view Hitler through the monster lens, which is, makes sense. Yeah. That he's just this mindless, soulless monster. Mm-hmm. But that is, might not be as useful an understanding of Hitler Right, that's today. True. That's you know, true. we we are raised with this idea because of obviously for good reason. He's yeah. just some soulless monster. He was some like alien that came down and did horrible things. So to call him just a sociopath yeah. without attributing his shrewdness and ability to either tap into the anger of Germans. Yeah. He must have felt it himself too. I don't know the biography of Putin or Hitler that well. So but no, I do Hitler. I would imagine that for someone to really take it that far and be yeah. that committed. It's not just, ah, I just want to be powerful. I, I think it's more ideologically motivated. It's just my guess. Do you know Hitler was a product of incest? No. Yeah. I did not know that. That's true. He's a Jamie and Cersei? I read he was a Jamie and Cersei. I his think mom, his, I think his parents his, were brother and sister? I think his uncle and his sister, yeah. I think so. His uncle and his sister? No, sorry, his uncle and his mother, I think. Or it, it, it was two family members, and he and, and so I, I heard this interesting thing that, like, he felt like in his blood, his blood was impure. So he was, imp- he was obsessed with like the genetic impurity, genetic impurity. Cause, cause he felt that way about his own blood <laughs> that messed up. Is that a hundred percent a fact though? Or is that, I heard it on a podcast, Which but it, it wasn't podcast? a joke. <laughs> um, it wasn't a joke. Interesting. Well, um, you would think yeah. though, somebody like Hitler would be like, it's even more pure. Cause my parents were siblings. Yeah, maybe that maybe that's where he got to. Like you have to purify like, blood. instead of being like I'm impure. He's like, right. I'm so Aryan. My I'm, parents are siblings. Right. <laughs> wow. Um, but the point yeah. is, it's not as useful. I don't think and informative and helpful for the future to look at Hitler as just some inhuman person. Yeah. You have to look at him as very much a human person who was driven by something, so that when these when these things re- you, re- happen again or yeah. you know uh, repeat themselves, you notice it. Yeah. Because I'm I'm thinking about this now, like. China has concentration camps, and Russia probably does too in some way. In some, China, Russia makes people disappear. Mm-hmm. It's a police state in some form. But we're looking at it right now, and Putin is an actor on the world stage right now. 
in a hundred years, you might be like that monster Putin. How do they let him get away with these mm -hmm. things? So I'm trying to like think about: is this what Hitler was? How how he as as a political figure at the time yeah. was perceived? Because he was the last in memory of of advancing on uh, on sovereign nations was yeah. World War II when Hitler starts invading all yeah. these places. So you try you start to think politically what was the vibe then as before they right. knew what Hitler had done in the in the scheme of things and were able to just write him off as a monster mm -hmm. like what was what did it feel like did and I I would imagine in some way it kind of felt like this where you're watching a guy who's just got ambitions mm -hmm. to expand his power over sovereign nations around him to restore Russian purity and greatness and whatever mm -hmm. and yeah what do you do <laughs> how's Uman <laughs> Uman, what if Uman, by the way, I said this, guys, what, what if Uman next year is like amazing, like hotels yeah. and it's super elevated? Well, so, You're all going to be like, so first of all, <laughs> the food to, was amazing. There needs to be a 24 hour stream of how this affects Uman because there's a lot yeah. of people interested. The, the joke going around is uh, Uman Russian Shana. I know, I know. Uh, which I think is funny. Yeah. I, no, I, what I've been hearing mostly is like, um, Putin's pretty good at this. So, like, he'll, like, best case scenario, sort of. I don't know, whatever, best case scenario, like they kind of plow through Ukraine, take it over, and then like they're they're pretty good at running countries. So like the thought is like Uman will be like better run than it used to be. Right. Th that's not taking into account any of the like the lost lives and stuff. That's like yeah, that'll, that'll ob be good. obviously that's not good. But mm -hmm. like um but generally like I guess like if the Ukrainians could just not fight and just let them take it over, that would um it, it would might like be a new good. landlord, it whatever. It's a new landlord who's better at his job. Basically, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's tough for me because I go I go once a year. I've been lucky enough to go for the last couple of years, so I know a lot of Ukrainians. Like I've I've had a lot of interactions with drivers with and Igor like, and uh, what's uh, I can't believe uh, Yuroslav and Yuroslav's son yeah. and uh, and like they the drivers and like um, the kids basically who are the waiters who basically work in Uman oh. and they're not all pleasant. Like a lot of the interactions are not pleasant. Like the what? soldiers are not nice. Um, and all the, the soldiers the, I, shake you down and oh, like they're like dirty and like um, what about anti-Semitism? Yeah, and no, there's like deep. It's a different sort of anti-Semitism than like you see in America. It's like very. It's is like it man's inhumanity to man? No, <laughs> no, no it's, 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 it's deep -seated. dark. It's dark and scary. It's old school like, pogrom anti-Semitism. Exactly. Like they they look at you like you're something other than human. It's very it's very very strange and scary. So like it's, it's whereas here they're like we hate these powerful Jews. There they're like these Jews are weak. Yeah, I mean, I I was at because it's shtetl Jews. It's like we kick you out, yeah, you stupid little Jew. You get out. <laughs> And here it's like these Jews control everything. It's like I feel like I feel like it's a different perception of the of the Jew in Eastern it's, Europe than it is yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like the there they have these like stereotypical ideas of the schemy, like the old school Nazi esque. It's not so much. It's it's that. It's all. I think a way to sum it up is I was at a bar here once and I met I met this couple from uh, Crimea. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they said, so, and, and we were talking and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually, my family's Russian. And they looked at me and they went, oh, you're not Russian, you're Jewish. Mm -hmm. And I went, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Like right. that, like they look at you as like another. That's happened to me species too. Species among them. Right. It's very right. fucked up. Well, because a lot of these other countries, like we take for granted that in America, what it means to be American is not really an ethnic thing or a nationalist thing. Mm -hmm. There's no national American pride other than the melting pot of America and a lot of countries I will say not just not just nasty ones <laughs> not just ones that are like kind of hostile in a sense like British English what it means to be English and there's sort of a cultural I don't know if it's an ethnic thing but there is there is a more defined version of that right 
than the United States has. The United States is is, is very different. It's just immigrants and melting pots and multi and and different groups mm-hmm. uh, that sort of form their own subcultures. Yeah. Whereas in France, there's French. Are you French? In France, vive la- there is a French culture, and you have to sort of uh, there's an, a call to assimilate in those countries yeah. in a different way than there is in the United States. Yeah. You know. So I feel like Russia is not the only one like that. But mm-hmm. I have had interactions where I, I met some woman, this blonde woman. Uh, who was like a cashier or something like that, mm-hmm. and she was like, Kozak, Kozak. I'm like, yeah, lady, no, no, no. That's not what she She's like, Kozak, he's Polish? No, because I think she said Polish, because it's Polish or yeah, Russian. Yeah. She's like, he's Russian or Polish? Something, maybe, I don't know what she was. She was trying to say, oh, he's Polish? I'm like. Not like that. Jewish? <laughs> oh, okay. You know, she just was yeah. like, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever I meet um, someone Polish, the first thought is, "Where were your grandparents in the war?" Yeah, I always think that it's like Polish. I hate it, but I, <laughs> I I go immediately there. My friend, who I um, a good friend of mine, who I did um, the short film with, mm-hmm. I I never asked him about. It. He's Austrian. Mm-hmm. Austria, yes. I, I never asked him about the war ever. But didn't you tell me about this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned him on possibly. But until we finished filming Rudzin, the, right. this movie about the Holocaust, I never asked him about his family history. But he mentioned um, he was like he was like oh yeah my uh, my grandfather's a Nazi, <laughs> and I was like he's he's like you know that there was a Terrence Malick movie about this little village where a guy refused to sign his oath to Hitler and like it's a whole movie about he went to prison. He's mm-hmm. like my grandparents were from that gorgeous beautiful Austrian village. And he's like, yeah, my grandfather fought for the Nazis and like fought for them. Fought for the Nazis. He's he's like he's like he was a smart, athletic teenager. Mm-hmm. So he was a really good soldier. He's like he didn't know he didn't. He's like you didn't know what was going on in the rest of the world at that time. He's right. like he just he was he's fighting for his country. He was conscripted, so he fought. He's he's like he like lost like a leg or something. But th- does that mean he um, was a Nazi? Because that's a different thing. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that's to what, him. He's yeah, gonna... he might not have said Nazi, but he, he said like when you go through the family photographs, there's pictures of him with his Nazi medals and everything. Oh and I'm like, I'm like holy shit. <laughs> But he, I mean, but he, and then he, he looks at you. He goes, "You know, he had a point." <laughs> he didn't know, and he—it's not—it's not as charged for him. It's just this bit of yeah, yeah, family yeah. history, um, yeah, in, which it, is pretty wild. If he was a native Austrian, this guy was he from Austria? He's from, yeah, he grew up in Austria. Oh, because I know that there are like native Germans who live with this transgenerational guilt, and there's a lot of like. For German society, there's mm-hmm. been this whole healing process. I don't think it's like that there. Yeah. <laughs> I think in Austria, they're like, he's still nice here, you know? Yeah. Um, but- no, well, I told you, they think about it as this thing that happened to Austrians. Right. This unfortunate thing where they were turned into Nazis right. by Germans. I was in a, like this airplane ride thing in Hawaii. It was like, a, like a t- this mini kite plane that you take yeah. up as like a tourist activity. And this guy was German who was, you know, doing it with me. He's like, okay, Ami, so now we're going to turn this way and that way. And I'm sitting there up in the sky with this guy, nice guy, Hans, whatever his uh-huh. name was. Hans Gruber. I know, somewhere. Yeah, it's from Die Hard. Um, and we're just flying and he's like, yeah, so see, it's so beautiful in Hawaii. <laughs> I've I served in World War Two, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say that. He didn't, but I'm like sitting there, like, cool. He's like, yeah, yeah it's quite a war, really unfortunate ending. You know? <laughs> but he didn't say that. But he had that charming Nazi accent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I get it. No. So no. anyway, that's world affairs on Buckle yeah. Up and how we cover well, so it. So we're so we're with this. What I land in, which is which is kind of weird. And I want to know what you think about this is I, I woke up this morning to like this Axios email that mm-hmm. says Russia, Putin invades Ukraine. And my, my first thought is like chaos. It's going to be a fun day. 
Mm. Like the chaos to me is so much more interesting than just a regular day. And part of that is because it doesn't affect me well, you, immediately you, right now at all. But like even when Trump was elected, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. It's going to be good. You think the natives in Kiev woke up like, it's going to be a fun day. No, no, no. No, but 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 even when Trump— You heartless No, no, pig. no, because we're distanced from yeah. it. But but from from my vantage point, it's like a lot more interesting than nothing happening. 100%. <laughs> <I told> is <laughs> that crazy? It's not a crazy instinct. It just—I think it probably just— uh, in all honesty, just reacts a part of your brain that mm -hmm. responds to. I think at a certain point with Trump, it got exhausting. It's like I can't do this anymore. It's just it, there's too much conversation about one topic, mm -hmm. so it almost got too centered around everything too you could. Anything in the Trump during the Trump era was mm -hmm. a, was relayed back to him or in, yeah. in in reference to him or as compared to him. Any policy, any event. Well, yeah. you know, with Trump everything and it was just got exhausting so it mm -hmm. did wear you out after all but yes trump kept it interesting in that sense yeah and things have been a little stale for a while in biden it's like politics and hasn't been interesting but yeah. now you're just like okay yeah. the movie was slow for a while in the beginning of this <laughs> exactly, <laughs> this season exactly. and now we're in like episode seven of the yeah. season and something happened it's the same thing with the because it's easy Logan to fictionalize all this bullshit it's not happening to us right but it is happening it's happening a, so that that feeling of oh, this is crazy you just that little curious like wow i'm like you're lit up again yeah. to like figure to like at least at least the vacuum is made available to you it's revealed to you what you don't know and now you like kind of want to know things it's also nice to have like a communal united monocultural interest in something like we're all in this together at least for yes. today this this russian invasion has been so nice for all of for americans <laughs> um no but well you know what it's, it's nice at the beginning when something first happens we can all agree on what's happening mm -hmm. in like two days there's going to be two camps 100 percent. this is happening this is happening it's the same today feeling when there's about to be a massive hurricane uh -huh. right. And everyone's like, okay, wait. <laughs> slow down everything that we disagree with, that we we know it's here. I can feel it in the weather. Yeah. And like the city shuts down. It's like a it's like a snow day. Yeah. It's just like, you know, the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine is like a snow day. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All of a sudden it's like everybody stop. And I think part of that is refreshing yeah. and interesting. And you're just like, okay, so we can all agree this one thing. Is happening. It's happening. That's nice. <laughs> uh, before we all figure out, oh, I have opinions on it. Yeah. No one can have an opinion on it. Yeah. It's too new. Yeah. Um, and I guess calamities and disasters and all those kinds of things do that. They just level you. And it's also you get into this mode of like protective survival mode. Okay, wait, wait, are we are we everybody good? Everybody like you get into that mode mm -hmm. collectively, like the whole world does. All eyes here. That 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 focus that it just pulls everybody yeah. into yeah. is really nice. It is. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it, it is weird because it's, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, what do you do if a country decides to do this? It's, yeah. it's easy to if, – if, if a country attacks the U.S., you know what you're supposed to do. If you're, if you're an American, you know what you support. And if you're the leader yeah. of the country, I would hopefully presume you know how to respond and retaliate. Mm -hmm. But way beyond my purview of understanding to know what to do in these scenarios because there's this whole other game to be played on an international politics of yeah. deterring adversaries, these frenemy countries that aren't clearly enemies of the United yeah. States, but they also are. Well, that's why I was saying it's, it's like more We buy all this stuff from China and yet China. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. So like, what's going on here? I, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand the dynamics that well of how we're supposed to perceive these countries. Yeah. Yeah. Also, no, where's Hong Kong? <laughs> but like Hong Kong is in China, but now it almost is. Yeah. And Taiwan is a free country, but yeah. China doesn't recognize it. So 
Then you find out that the NBA has to make apologies to China mm -hmm. because of some sort of ownership NBA market to China it gets all that business conspiratorial stuff. Yeah. Where like LeBron James issued an apology or something because he called Taiwan its own country. Yeah, it's not conspiratorial. It's it's the collusion element, but it's unknown. Like you don't know what the ties are. Not yeah. conspiratorial is the wrong word, but it's not transparent. Yeah. This this Hollywood China infiltration to Congress and this this woman who's a spy for China who was yeah. sleeping with a congressman and like the NBA and China. Like I don't yeah. understand that. What I don't under, I'm saying I don't understand yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on. But the fact that like you can't criticize China if you're Disney. You know what I mean? Yeah. And LeBron James has to apologize for yeah. saying Taiwan's a country, which it is according to us, but not to them. Yeah. Everyone's like Taiwan is next. Like China's going to take over Taiwan. Yeah. That was a well. No, not everyone says that. Ben Shapiro said it on a tweet. Yeah, so everyone. Yeah. Apparently, there's like a Chinese propaganda state TV is saying this is what's going to happen to, to Taiwan. Like they're showing videos of so footage like of uh, what do you do as the as the Shining what? city on the hill, United States. Mm -hmm. I don't know the... I mean, I'd be interested to hear from experts of historically yeah. how to play this. I, I've been Do you Ronald Reagan it? That's an evil empire and bleh. Well, this is where the deep state stuff comes in. I've, I've, been, I've been reading... Yeah, where does the deep state I, stuff come in? I've been reading in? a book called The Devil's Chessboard. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's, it was like a, a Times best... Russians are very good at chess. Oh yeah. yeah, so we can agree on that. Yeah. It was um, it was a Times bestseller. It wasn't like a conspiracy theory book. Um, it was about the formation of the CIA and Alan Dulles and John Foster Dulles, mm -hmm. who were the head of the CIA and the Secretary of State, I believe, at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, and basically, there's an, an, an argument to be made that they were like the most influential sort of duo in the history of the United States, sort of charting the course that we're now on. Mm -hmm. um, but but I mean, basically, like they used russia and communism to sort of advance the interests of their very sort of small group of 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 sort of people who had similar interests like business-wise i mean like these these are people who collaborated with the nazis and like banked for the nazis which people the the dulles brothers uh -huh. and these law firms like right. uh harriman brothers like right. uh harriman the power behind the power the power behind the power like mm -hmm. and and they were i mean it, it was really fascinating um about how the the Nazis lost the war, mm -hmm. and and what? The, <laughs> yeah, and these two guys were were really worried because in in that vacuum, um, it, Germany was going to be ripe for communism. Mm -hmm. So if they wanted to shape the future of Germany as non-communist, what they needed to employ former Nazis to to run things because who else was going to run things in Germany? Like you're going to get everyone was a Nazi. Mm -hmm. Like anyone who's successful and ambitious well, and Germany smart was, was a Nazi. So Germany was split, half communist, half right. But but they they were very instrumental in, in shielding a lot of like Nazis, like who ran concentration camps, like really awful people, oh, getting their money out of Germany and installing them and protecting them to make sure they could then run Germany, run a new after, Germany in America's image, exactly. Um, hmm. but, but I mean, so when you talk about the deep state, you talk, you sort of talk about people like this who are, they have interests, um, like, I mean, like the defense budgets are like an interest. So like, how's America going to respond? It's probably going to involve like, like spending billions and billions of dollars on weapons in some, yeah. in some capacity. But that, um, it's not necessarily is, the best path forward, but that's probably what's going to happen. I think the problem is when you call it deep state, it makes you sound full of shit a little it bit. It does. It does. All you're talking about is the state. 
Yeah, well, it's... You're saying there are are actors within the state who make things happen. When when they say deep state, it's talking about people in positions of power that are impervious to elections. Mm -hmm. Like, the head of the CIA is not... No matter who's president, like, the CIA is going to be run a certain way. Right, they run independent of the democracy that they sit in. Yeah, that's what the deep state really means. Yeah, Um, and and That makes sense. Yeah, and, like, the corporations and the lobbyists, like, you know, it doesn't matter who's in charge. Um, right. So, and, and I'm sure it's just going to be wh- whatever's in their interest. I'm sure will be the next step America takes. Oh, because they actually steer the. They steer, and and they have a clear path forward. They know exactly what they want. Like I, I don't know. I don't know, but this is getting too vague to take it seriously. Why? Like, they like, know you, you what they think, want. Yeah, like the the defense cracked. Like a uh, Raytheon knows what it wants. It wants to make a lot of money. They have a plan. Like mm-hmm. I don't know if Biden has a plan. Raytheon has a plan. And so, and so, like, it's like you saw at the beginning of COVID, like what happened? Like they, they like gave. Biden out has a sm- vitamin regimen daily, and that's <laughs> right. Right, he wants oh to get God. up tomorrow. I think it's one of those. I, do I sound that crazy? I'm just at to my ears. It's uh, it does sound very fluffy. You know, they when you talk about yeah, these, they because you yeah. don't know who you're talking about. You don't. I don't know specific names, right? You're right. just saying, oh, generalizing there are these, like, you know, oh, yeah, the CAA is going to hook it up with Raytheon. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm calling bullshit a little because it fair is enough. fair enough. I'm sure there's somebody who could speak speak to this point well. Yeah. It's not us, but it's yeah. interesting. The fact that there are these organizations, these you proxies sound like with, me now. within government. Yeah, I'm calling. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're calling out. It's just t- tables have turned. Yeah. This is your area that you like to bullshit about. <laughs> I like true. to bullshit about other things. <laughs> and you make all these assumptions. But the truth is, we don't. Re- yeah, the, who the movers and shakers are technically, you don't know. But I still think at the end of the day, the president's the commander in chief. The president decides but if, but if you think to about- deploy military action yeah but he's he has he has a team he doesn't sure and everyone tries to influence it but but congress officially declares war and appropriates money for these things are there people that are trying to influence and sway sure but in terms of power you elect these officials Mm -hmm. and yeah there's all sorts of political incentives that are swaying them in one direction or another but i think at least constitutionally there are still channels and there are checks and, and balances for sure yeah and the you know the president has the final say so mm-hmm. no matter how much influence you try to exert the president's the commander-in-chief he he has the nuclear football not some other guy right but he but he answers to his party too and the party is made up of i know the term nuclear football as a spitback term i like that i've never cool. heard that before it's called the nuclear football i like yeah. that yeah, I think it's a football. Meaning he can. He I think can, it's like a real football. <laughs> he can choose to to throw it or not. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's what that means, but yeah. it's a good term. It just means he has the final authority to right. launch a nuclear attack. He's the. Com- it's a cool thing, right? The president's the commander in chief. Yeah. Like, that's his main thing. It's so funny. They you have all these Trump guys who want to be president. The- like, have you ever ran an army? <laughs> that's like the main job. Well, do, did you watch West Wing? No. There was a really cool scene where, like, the President Bartlett got um, elected, and he, uh, like, the first thing happened, and they call him. Martin in, Sheen? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they call him to, into the war room, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, whatever, Bosnia is, is on the border of whatever, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And he's he's like he's like I was a professor two months ago mm-hmm. like and 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 so he looks around the room and he's like I don't know tell me mm-hmm. and so the, the you know all the generals are like well this is what I'll do this is what I would do and of course they have a very particular opinion because mm-hmm. they're military people right. and then he looks to like his chief advisor and Joint he's chiefs, like yeah. I was in Vietnam this is what I would do mm-hmm. as like an ex soldier and then he's like and then he has to make a decision but right. like exactly what do they know yeah, they they, don't. they know what they're they're a general. 
some yeah, presidents. Yeah. Eisenhower was a general. I'm sure he knew a little bit yeah. more. But with even o- then, with Obama, also like, um, I mean, he and, and he's, I think I think a lot of people don't even consider that. Most people look no, at the president sure. as right. this popularity contest. How does he make me feel? Yeah. You realize you're choosing the commander in chief of the armed forces. Right, right, right. Like they have to be able to do that because they're so. They project so many other things that are not enumerated to their position. They have powers that are enumerated, and then there are other yeah. things that they're really not supposed to do, like pass laws yeah. and policy. Right. That's not what the president's supposed a, a, to do. Imagine a room full of extremely accomplished military, military people telling you, like, and then somebody I'm comes telling in from, you, Mr. President, this is what you should do. And, and, and imagine saying no to Yeah, them. and imagine, imagine they're all like, they've been, in, they've been in it for years, yeah. and they've seen real shit. Right. And then this guy comes in who's been campaigning for a year and a half, and he says, so I want to do better. Right. Shut the fuck up, Barry. <laughs> right. That's what they're, they're like. Oh god. Exactly. I really think America. It's like you've only read about America. Right. I've defended it. Yeah. I've yeah. killed for it. I mean, it must and, be take so much resolve to look at those people. And, and what say, about Trump I'm coming do something in? Different. I, I wonder if it's eye rolling. What about Trump? I I sh- listen, folks. <laughs> I ran the apprentice. Okay, that was very intense. Very intense. I had to fire people. You know okay. nothing about it. You, you know nothing imagine. about it. You can't imagine. Nobody it. knows. I have so many words, folks. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what that vibe was like. I. I mean, I read a little bit about. it I think on one hand they were like, like we finally have someone who wants to be aggressive. Yes. And, on, and on the other hand, I think. They were, I, I read they were like, fights where they were like, crazy. he doesn't know the law. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, do this. And they're like, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard that <laughs> and, too. And, and they look to his like chief of staff and they're like, talk to him. We can't do the that. The thing is with Trump, like everybody else that came is maybe they would roll their eyes. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But we've seen this a thousand times before. Like mm-hmm. this is what the presidents are when they come in. They're good at campaigning and swaying and, and making people feel good. And then they come in. So then Trump comes in. They're like, is this good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I like it, but... Is he, Do you remember, is he it, fucking crazy? In his like first week, they did a they did like a bombing of Syria or something. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? They yeah. dropped like a huge bomb. They dropped, they bombed off a boat or something. As yeah, it's thing. probably as really a... exciting for the military. <laughs> probably like, yeah, yes, folks, I'm gonna give you what you want. I'm like candy. I'm candy yeah. for you, folks. I'm military candy people. I'm a jelly bean. <laughs> the jelly bean. <laughs> um. But anyway, yeah, I was just looking at Twitter all last night, just trying to get updates on it. Were you it, awake? I woke up to it. Were you awake, awake. when it happened? I was awake. Yeah. When it, I mean, I've seen the headlines gradually changing. Prepares for invasion, prepares for this, mm-hmm. prepares for that. But it's wild. I mean, it's got to be scary to be a Ukrainian. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. it's it's weird to have been in Kiev. So I've spent time in Kiev. It's weird to to imagine see it, it like, being it's, like, like yeah. it's weird to see these things and it not be Israel, right? It's yeah, sort of like oh. I wonder how much they're getting wrong, or like the coverage of what's really going on. Because I've seen Israel in mm-hmm. this exact context get you know covered so right. incorrectly, yeah. and I get why everyone has a misconce- misconceived notion of a misconception about Israel. Because yeah. you're just watching, oh my god, these bombs going off. Israel as the aggressor, they see it that yeah. way. So I don't know. I'm not defending Russia, but I'm just saying I I, I have no idea what's going I on. I saw a picture from Uman, which is like a tiny town in mm-hmm. kind of like the north of. I don't even know of Ukraine, um, and it, it was it was a very um, familiar image to me of like walking up to the grave yeah. of Rabbi Nachman, and so it's the same image, but there's a stack of smoke miles yeah. away from like yeah, a bomb I saw that, that was just too. dropped. I saw that too. Pretty the crazy. Hebrew letters and stuff, and then yeah, and pretty, crazy. The pretty crazy. And then also, uh, I saw this thing about here's I saw here's what you need to know about Ukraine and Russia. It was like a you know up to date. So you can bullshit yeah. with people. So it was like <laughs> if you're doing a podcast, yeah, if you're doing a podcast. But it was like here's what you need about the factions in Ukraine. There are Russian separatist groups that have now broken off and been recognized by Russia as two independent states or Russian states. And then they said, 
Now, the problem is in Ukraine, a lot of these re rebel groups, I'm like, yeah, go rebels, the underdog, are Nazis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they show them. They happen to be Nazis. So they don't want them to rise to power. We don't want them to. I think the prime minister, the, the head of, I think the prime minister of Ukraine or the head of Ukraine is Jewish. Zukowski? <laughs> Zelensky. Zelensky. Is he Jewish? I made up that name too. I think Zelensky is Jewish. Right. Zelensky? The head of Ukraine? Hugo Poltitsky. The Hunter Biden's <laughs> friend, friend? I don't know. The head of Ukraine now, I think, is Jewish. Mm -hmm. I think. But anyway. Isn't it weird that the whole Hunter Biden Ukraine thing, it, it, Ukraine happens to be the centerpiece of world politics now? And that was what the was whole it again though that he was like paid off by them as some sort of like he was like yeah, consultant he was paid off for like and then his laptop his father yeah. yeah the way the media has been weird. so soft on Biden is just is, is incredible like yeah. they're they're just I feel like it's one of those things like they're not criticizing but they're not saying much else either they're yeah. just like oh man <laughs> and I don't I'm not even making an endorsement or, or critique it's just observe like what a fucking if, shitty if run Trump, he's, if Trump was president run. president now everyone would be like. He's gotten like you know this would never have happened if there was a different president. Afghanistan, people hanging off of planes as they're like like he's had so many public yeah. foreign policy disasters. Yeah, I mean Trump is it's different. in two years, not four. Yeah, Trump is different, but it's um it's it's pretty. Trump said not nice things. Yeah. That's it. It's interesting <laughs> in a how, sense. What uh, people got so upset about Trump is he said not yeah. he said he sound he the things he said were repugnant. But yeah, well I, I wonder how much he um he shifted the diplomatic order to make something like this possible right i don't i don't know what i mean is what people what the, the rage around trump and the and what people were furious about yeah. wasn't about events yeah. it was panic. just about him it was, it was about his personality yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't like look at look at the, the disasters all yeah. over the world it's like no that's what's happening now <laughs> it's, it's it's all it's interesting to see also like how much you just can't control like there like we thought trump was it's so much control that everything was happening was his fault. Like mm -hmm. things just happen and yeah. like you deal with it. Like this isn't. Well, so the argument would be, you know, my father has said like Putin could be in France tomorrow if he wanted to be. They have no defense. We protect everybody. People don't realize all these because uh, he reads a lot of this stuff. And he's also yeah. like very Republican. He's someone we should have on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my father was always telling me for the folks that are there. You know, homie, I saw you on Michael's podcast again. He thinks I'm just a reoccurring guest here. What the fuck? We're in my studio. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he does follow this stuff and yeah. he's a biased Republican to the core. So it'll always fall on that side no matter what. Yeah. But he is also more informed than I am. So he's just like, Putin could be in France's backyard in a month if he wanted to be. Mm -hmm. The only thing keeping him back is the United States. Let mm -hmm. me just explain something to you. It's the United States. And our deterrent military policy of whatever that's his opinion about it but mm -hmm. i'm gonna get it yeah you know but anyway yuval noah harari had an article i read did you read that like two weeks ago where he said like the future it was like kind of a clickbait headline the future of the world hangs on what's happening in ukraine mm -hmm. he was basically saying like we've for the first time basically in like human history we've managed in modern hu human history we've managed to avoid war for 50 years mm. and like this this, this is could be a cataclysmic shift <laughs> in what we're talking, Yuvalor, what we've seen is we take for granted that in our lifetime we had 50 year peace. But now in Europe, what is happening here is showing you that there could be a fundamental shift in the way that policy affects change at the cross section yeah. of political power. Uh, he was saying the consolidation, <laughs> remediation and and. Cross-pollination of political power. I use a lot of big words and I'm Israeli, but I'm articulate in English, bitch. Take that. I'm Yuval Harari. And that's a clip. <laughs>
<laughs> is that what it sounded like? Um, well, I read it. I don't know. Is he Sapien? Is he the guy who wrote Sapiens? Sapien? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, yeah. He's he's re- he's a really good writer. Yeah. We're now, saying, like, Vladimir Putin is a Sapien, a very different <laughs> kind of Sapien. <laughs> have you heard him? That's an amazing Israeli accent. What? What is, is that? How have you heard him speak? Yeah, this is yeah. how he talks. It's very yeah. subtle, and it's, even his R's are not so strong. You know, he does the American R, but it's subtle. <laughs> and you know, so <laughs> what if everybody he spoke to referred to as a Sapien? <laughs> you know, and Biden is a Sapien, a very sleepy Sapien. He's a sleepy. <laughs> sapien, a sapien that likes to sleep, whereas uh, Vladimir Putin is a strong sapien who <laughs> likes to fight, you know? So sapien, is, it's like, I get it, you wrote sapien, shut up. Oh, man. Um, um, but yeah. Well, so. he was just saying, like, um, like, can, are we able to, to keep this up or not? Mm. Obviously, we can't. Yeah. Oh, like, sustained long-term peace. Yeah, like, are, can we change as, as a race of, hum- of homo sapiens mm. or not? race i don't know but um the, the real question from a human standpoint is like yeah. vladimir putin like you want to ask like why dude what's the deal what do you want like, right. what's the deal that's why i think he's a sociopath right that's a good way to wrap up that little nugget <laughs> segment we covered world politics on buckle up for yeah. the first time really in depth and i think very i think people are going to be more informed i think so too at how uninformed they are <laughs> we just reflect that oh um, what else michael for part two what else i was on a bus last night yeah i was on a bus i just I'm constantly in my mind comparing East Coast and West Coast yeah. all the time. But what time were you on a bus? I took the 11.20 p.m. from... Puerto 30? Puerto 30 back to New Jersey. Puerto 30 past I, I think I have a PM. blister on my foot <laughs> <laughs> from this. Well, I went in last night. I went to a show and, you know, trying to get, like, you know, reconnect with a little bit of, like, the East Coast music scene, whatever, whatever it is going mm-hmm. on, and connecting with some musicians that I know. But um, there's a part of it where... You know, there's a part of like having to like sort of restart or like just pick it up from, um, um, you know, having moved back. It's like I didn't necessarily want to get out and go and do the whole thing, but I kind of felt I had to. And I don't mm-hmm. love feeling like I have to, mm-hmm. you know, making yourself get out there. I mm-hmm. like being in a position where I was in L.A. where I didn't feel like I, I had to necessarily, but mm-hmm. whatever. It is what it is. But, man, I'm riding the bus back from the city and I'm constantly mm-hmm. comparing East Coast and West Coast. And it's just... You know, that, that, that like nighttime, you're watching people, some people just staring off, you know, there's this, that vibe that I'm grappling with, which is like, yeah, the East Coast grind is, is rougher mm-hmm. than the West Coast grind in, in just the day-to-day energy, mm-hmm. you know, that people, what they have to go through, the, and the cold, and the elements, it's all hitting me in different ways now, and I just mm-hmm. was like, hmm, okay, well, I think this is my life now, too. Mm-hmm. I'm on the bus here and shaking around and I'm I'm checking because we're somehow we're all the way at the mall and past the highway because it has to make this big detour. Yeah. So some guy whispers to me because I'm like looking around this bus late at night. It's midnight. He goes, you're on the right bus, man. Don't worry. He does this all the time. That's great. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. He saw that. I was like, because yeah. I knew I was on the right bus. But yeah. of course, I don't trust myself because yeah. I do this stuff all the time. Sometimes you can't see out of the window at night, too. And you have to like, yeah. yeah. There's something almost nice about it, too. Like the darkness of it the challenge of it, it gives me a little bit of nostalgia. It mm-hmm. gives me a little bit of this like warm, comforting, like, yeah, listen, like that sort of grind is comforting in the way that I guess it's familiar, mm-hmm. but it's also like, oh, I don't know. Do I need this still? Do I need to like do this all? I don't know. It just made me think. Why didn't you take like an Uber or something? I mean, an Uber from downtown from the village. I wanted to like do it right. Yeah. Like I wanted to get on the bus and make my way all the way to here. And yeah. I did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't taken 
I, I wouldn't go into the city if I had to take a bus. It would have to be real. I mean, that's how I know I'm like, I've I, lost my edge a little bit. Yeah. I'm, it would have to be a real, really enticing to get me to do that. To take I, a bus from Port Authority at night. Yeah, I, um, I don't, uh, I want, first of all, I don't like having a car in the city. It's a nightmare. And I kind of like feeling yeah. accomplished of like, yeah, I can get all the way to where I ever needed to be via public transportation and it's much cheaper. The tolls are like 16 bucks back and forth. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. saying taking an Uber. Or, or the Jitney uh, from, uh, you know, the Route 4 buses that go up. Yes, from... but you go to, so you go to the bridge and then you take that over. Yeah, you know what? At least, at least like you're on your own schedule a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I like that more. <laughs> all right, you'll coach me. But I'm trying to figure out a way to just access the city more and just do more comedy, go to more music yeah. stuff and just get in it because New Jersey can feel. <laughs> yeah. You're here. Yeah, I need, to, not I need to be leaving. doing that more. I need to be doing you know? that more. Um, anyway, mostly world affairs on this episode, yeah. Michael. We kept it short. We are kind of pressed for time today. I'm curious what will what, have happened by the time this gets released. Yeah, I know. This might We're going like to look awful. Yeah, I know. We're going to look so awful. <laughs> like Putin's dead. <laughs> Ukraine is Russia. <laughs> Putin's dead. Um, but anyway, we have to wrap it up early today. Yeah. That's episode 19, a single subject <laughs> for a single podcast about something we know nothing about. And that is the theme of Buckle Up, baby. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Buckle up, baby. All right. Need <laughs> vrimen,